0: So, today I have the privilege of introducing today's speaker, the man we most of us really love, and a few of us, I don't know. But but I love his pink shirt. So, he's wearing a great shirt, and he has a great accent, as most of us know. And uh, so, would you please welcome Peter Evis? Charles, are you among those that have doubts about me? It's a secret. It's a secret, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those you know, things that should not be revealed. Okay. Well, I can take it. Um, so, where does one stand now? Because it used to be up there, and there's like a monitor there now. Here? But can you see the. Because we're going to have. A, it is? Okay. We're going to have lots of Bible today, okay. Um, so. <clears throat> this mic doesn't sound it's a little metallic, isn't it? Nothing we can do about it. Is it is it is it okay? That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, it's a little. I sound a little robotic, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you know, with AI and everything, it'll just be like we won't even need a human in like what two years or something, right? I mean, it'll just be like incredible wisdom being thrown out by some software. (laughs) So who cares, you know. Um, So my name's Peter. I sometimes give the sermon here at the river. I've been part of the church for many years for people who don't know me. I've been in New York City for like 22 years, even though my accent probably sounds still quite British, right? Um, But when I go back to London, everyone's like, why are you talking weirdly, you know. Um, So, yeah, um, I'm legit. No, that's what I, no, so, um, (laughs) but I also wear another hat here, and that is I head up what we call the prayer team, and the prayer team is a group of people who have one purpose, and that is to pray for people at the Sunday service, okay, and so we often go at the back and uh, if, and we'll pray for you if you had anything to get prayer for, but we um, also do this thing where, as many of you have seen, um, we'll read out some life situations, and we'll say, does this um, match with anything going on in somebody's life? And uh, often it does, and they come back and get prayer. And the way that we get those life situations is that uh, we sit together, and we pray, and we try and keep our ears open and our eyes open or whatever, just try and keep our senses fully open and listen to what we think God is saying to us. So we don't have anything when we go in there, right? We just have this sort of empty piece of paper or or, or iPhone or whatever. And as we think we hear something from God about what might be going on in someone's life, we write it down, and then we sort of maybe edit it a bit and talk about it. And then we give it to the congregation. And we're obviously going out on a bit of a limb there because we have no idea if it corresponds to the experience of anybody in the room. And so that's, that's something that we do, and I, I mention that because um, it, it's the reason, one of the reasons I think it's sort of powerful, one of the reasons that we do it each week, or tr- not not each week, but like quite frequently, is that it shows that God is noticing us, okay? He wants to be kind of involved in the details of our lives, and and so he makes it known to us through prayer team, and he'll do this individually with you too, of course, um, that he sees what's going on. He's, he actually sees the details of our lives. Uh, he's noticing stuff that's happening, and he wants to come and be part of it. And, um, and really help us, um, you know, and I think that's a really uplifting thing to think that God would be in the details of our lives. Cause you know, we can often feel like, you know, so much is going on the kind of like we've been shunted to one side or ignored or everything's too much. But once you have the sort of, you know, Jesus like in there with you, um, as he always promised, it starts to feel like the abundant life. So that's, that's why we're doing it. And, um, and it's it's sort of funny, like you you like you'll have a really I'll have a really busy week, and I'll remember like I'll get an alert say on Thursday that I'm on prayer team on Sunday, and then tons of stuff will happen, and like you know I'll come down on the Sunday morning, and the trains will be all like non non-existent sometimes. You know, there's this like two three issue. Have you noticed that? Like how many times have I walked over the two three thinking I can get home really quickly, and it just doesn't exist on a Sunday. <laughs> Um, So you have to walk back to the one, and then, you know, uh, I I forget that every week. Um, Or I'll do what I did today. I'll take the city bike down, um, which is wonderful, and it was wonderful today. But, you know, they have these new um, security uh, barriers in the bike paths now. So, like, when the joggers and the bikes are all jostling to get through, it's, like, kind of very stressful. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so, like, it was pretty good today because it was kind of early. So I I don't city bike home um, because it'll just be chaos but my point is is like you have all this other stuff going on it's hectic then you arrive and you have to create this zone before prayer team where you kind of have to like notice what god is up to and like listen and see and uh use all of your senses to take things in so um my big point today and i'll just put it out there at the beginning um uh, is that you know faith can help us become good notices. And noticing can expand our minds, it can deepen our enjoyment of life, and it can really strengthen our relationships, okay? So what I'm going to say today is that noticing, it sounds like a sort of thing that you can just do like, oh, I noticed that, oh, I noticed that. Um, but it's actually quite a big deal because it can expand our minds, it can, en- it can deepen our enjoyment of life and uh, enhance our relationships. In other words, give us life to the full that Jesus promised, okay? So, um, you know, think about it for a second. Now uh, We like people who are good at noticing, okay? Let's say, um, for example, that, let me pick someone out who's sort of like, you know, to, let's say Greg, okay? Like, let's say, you know, um, I, I know Greg, right? He's a, he's a good listener, right? He's like somebody, if you say something to him, he takes it in, he thinks about it. And, um, and, and I, I can tell you right now that we like spending time with people who are good listeners, don't we? Yeah? if somebody is, has a reputation or a habit of being like somebody who who hears what you're saying they take it in they absorb it and they think about it and they sort of and they you can tell they're sort of like just absorbing it before they say anything and they know what you're saying they're listening that person is kind of a really kind of fun person to be with right rather than somebody who's like gives you an answer straight away or turns away or looks at their phone or something like that. And I find that good listeners have very good relationships, so they, people want to spend with them. And that's because I think those people like noticing. They are alive to what's going on in the, in the people that they are, are around. But here's the problem. There's this sort of enormous pressure that we all feel. It's inside us. It comes from outside us. Just to rush through the noticing part of life and reach conclusions. And I think we do this all the time. I mean, I'll give you some examples. Like maybe once we read something that a pundit said and we, you know, vehemently disagreed with it. So the next time we see this person on TV, we just switch off. We're like, okay, I'm not going to listen that guy. He's an idiot, right? Um, you know, one might be like you're on the subway and somebody gets on and they start up with their, you know, with their appeal for money. And you just like bury yourself even more deeply in your phone um, and because you basically say to yourself all those spills are all the same i don't want to hear it right um, and you think about it, social media is all about like arriving at quick conclusions okay you know you like this or you sad face that or you ha 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 that or you, you comment here you retweet that and i mean like honestly guys how many of the articles that you've retweeted or posted on facebook have you actually read all the way through like, I like guess for me, it's like one in ten. I'll be totally honest. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, one in twenty, maybe. You know, I just put it up there because I like the sound of it. Sometimes, do you know what I mean? I don't even know what it says. Do you know what I mean? Because I want to see like I've reached, reached a conclusion that should be really smart. You know, and you know, humans are probably taking in more information now than they have ever taken in before. OK, I, mean, I don't know what it was like to be a caveman when you were like having to take in, you know, like what's going on in the forest and everything like that. But like, you know, right now there's so much coming at us, you know, but my question for us, the question I'll put to all of us is, are we are we sifting it? Are we really looking at it? You know, are we enjoying it? OK, that's kind of really the point of it. Are we enjoying it? And and, and the noticing thing also crops up at work. I mean, you know, a lot of our jobs are about, mine is, making fast decisions, and that's always going to be there. It's unavoidable. But if you're like me, you kind of sometimes wish that you could just slow things down, you know, take time to absorb what's happening so that you could understand the situation, the problem you have to deal with from lots of different perspectives. And so today, this sermon is really to help us expand that noticing time, to just give us... More time to be present in what's really going on around us, so that we don't have a situation where we just like arrive at snap judgments. Um, and the reason I think we ought to do that is that um, you know we're going to just feel more relaxed. You know, we're going to give our our senses room to operate as they were designed to operate, and we'll be more relaxed. We'll be less stressed. We'll be more into our relationships and effectively overall we'll have more of the abundant life that Jesus is giving to us okay that's what i'm going for today so let's look at a famous passage from the bible and one we've discussed in recent weeks and one that you cannot you cannot come back to this one enough if you ask me okay so here goes this is jesus talking about worry And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or mask their clo- make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Okay, so what's the main, what's, 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 uh, What's the first instruction that jumps out? What's Jesus' first instruction that jumps out? What's he telling us to do there? What? Not to worry, but also what else is there? What does he say? He says it twice. Look. Look at the wildflowers. Look at the lilies, right? He's telling us just to look at those things. Notice. I mean, that's very easy to sort of like just rush through. There's the looking part. There's the noticing part. And you know, I'm just a hunch. This is a hunch of mine, but I think that Jesus noticed those things himself. He didn't just like, you know, I think he probably was like on the way to this meeting or something, and he was like, "Oh my goodness, look at that lily." Do you know what I mean? Or like, sort of, you know, flock of birds suddenly like go up to a tree or something. I mean, I think he noticed these things around him. He was a real person, obviously, and living in a real world. And I think his senses were all alive, and he just took in stuff and had was just full of wonder about it. And all these great thoughts he had probably just came out of those things that he noticed. And I think what he's doing there, Pali, is he's trying to infect everybody with the noticing bug. He's like, guys, look, look at this, look at that. And um, and this passage tells us that the noticing period will be reassuring. It will kind of make you feel cozy about the world, about yourself, and kind of secure. And I love that, okay? I love this line in this passage. It says, He's telling them something they already know. He's saying, guys, listen to you all. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He's kind of appealing to something they already know. He's like, you know that, okay? That's, where, that's, that's kind of what you already know. Um, and, and so if you already know that, I don't need to tell you that. But here's what I'm going to tell you, that if you're distracted by worry and things like that, well, let's just slow down and look what your father is trying to show us through these things that are always around you anyway, okay? Don't rush through the noticing period. Slow it down, take it in, see what God is saying through it, okay? Soak it in. And I think that's really important here in this passage. Now, I mean, let's try something here that's sort of sparked by this. I mean, try and think of one thing, um, that 's your lily or your um, birds in the trees, like what is it what is it what is what is something that you notice around you and you sort of come back to it and it makes you feel secure and cozy and like you know like just ready for life and just okay about things um, and sort of like as an antidote to worry and I think for me like and it's it 's present this morning in an incredible way, is this the morning light You're like when i when i 'm out there and you know rushing to work or something. um, You know, one of the things that always calms me down, that always puts things back in perspective is just like, you know, that light that is very special to New York City, you know, um, that just sort of just makes everything seem okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know how to explain it. And I really feel like God says different things through it to me than on different days. And and to me, it's just amazing that we live on this... uh, you know, thing called earth, and it's kind of just the right distance from the sun that things are never too hot or never too cold. We don't get burned up. We don't freeze to death. That that we'd have this thing called the sun putting this amazing light at just the right temperature. I mean, not great temperatures often as we've seen for the last, you know, four crazy months. But like, you know, but like just enough to keep us going anyway. But like this light, what what, does anyone else have something like that that sort of just makes them feel good from their surroundings that they notice a lot? What's that? Coffee. coffee. There you go. <laughs> Why coffee? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you? Do you have like a really intricate coffee method in the morning? No? Okay. Just anyone's coffee will do it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Another one? Water. Water. You want to say more? So, as so Andrew was saying, it really gives her life when she sees the sparkling Hudson River. Do you, you don't drink the Hudson River, do you? No, no. <laughs> God, it really stank this morning. I was like, because you know when the tide is low? Okay. Like all the mud that's been built up there, and I was cycling down and like right next to the river, and it was, oh my goodness, it was like, you know, you don't get that for where you live? Okay, all right. Um, okay, so those are sort of things from, the, um, from around us, Okay. Okay, let's look at our next passage. And the next passage occurs in this long teaching by Jesus, you know, another kind of like elemental teaching that we've looked at a lot at the river and learned so much about over the years for, about how Jesus, you know, wants us to relate to him. And so we have one group of people who, you know, they've allowed their hearts and their, you know, to become hard and so they don't see things um, that God is up to, the amazing thing that God is doing. And then there's another group who who have kept their eyes and ears truly open because they are really eager to notice what what God is up to. And Jesus underscores just how wonderful it is to have your senses alive like these people have their senses. He says this, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, Um, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. And so, what's really interesting to me about this passage, you can read it, you know, very quickly and miss that there are actually two prizes here. Okay, um, you know, obviously one prize is that um, that we get to see what God does, you know, the amazing things that He does. So obviously that's you know really cool. But the other prize is this: we get to see in a way that sees what God is up to, right? We, you know, one of the things about knowing God is that we get to see in a way that he, we can see what He's up to. You know, the power to see these things is a prize in itself. Blessed are the eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And this is very encouraging for me um, because um, it reminds us that it reminds me of the New Covenant, okay? So the New Covenant is something that um, is described in the Bible. We've talked about it a lot at the river. We think we did a whole sermon series on it. And just to recap, the New Covenant is this special agreement, this special offer from God, this special invitation, relationship invitation that's offered to all of us by God. And under this agreement, under this invitation, God says, I'm going to come and live in your hearts um, and minds. I'm going to be that close to you, and and that will help you live life to the full. And this passage, to me, is a very new covenant. It sort of points to a way of living that was once predicted by the prophets, but it's now here under the new covenant. It's available to us. And a hallmark of this new way of living is that we'll have this kind of like expansive, clear-eyed, open-minded way of looking at things. We'll be able to notice important stuff. And, and what, why this is encouraging um, because it, it says that it's close at hand for all of us. Okay. so put another way, we're absolutely not talking about a situation where, um, you know, spiritual vision, which is being talked about here, only goes to an elite few or to the most religious or the wisest. It, It just goes to anybody under the new covenant who 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 wants to know Jesus more deeply. If that if you're doing that. This is going to happen to you. And this is very good news to people who are just starting to check out faith for the first time or you feel kind of like you don't understand it or like you don't know whether like all the details make sense. This is a very clear invitation. If you just take that one step of being more deeply related to or more interested in Jesus, um, you know, he'll meet you with this more expansive you know, uh, vision, more clear-eyed vision to see what he's up to. And I like that sort of both moving towards each other kind of thing, right? So that's encouraging, yeah? Okay, the next noticing scripture is here from Matthew 10. Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. So be as shrewd as snakes and as uh, harmless as doves. And I like this one because it gives us, like, nuance here when, and for this teaching. It sort of leavens it a bit. So it tells us that as we take in what's going on around us, you know, noticing things that will enhance our lives, there, there will be moments when we have to shrewdly assess what we see, okay? So in other words... When I talk about noticing this morning, it's not the same as just passively taking in and accepting everything that we see and thinking, wow, that's great, okay? Um, and, um, so that's, that's not what I'm saying when I'm talking about noticing. Um, but it also doesn't mean that we should arrive at hard judgments or definitive conclusions as quickly as we can because that, that would kind of contravene the innocent as doves part of this. So Jesus is sending out uh, his disciples into these potentially hostile conditions and he wants them to have this attractive innocence that people tend to have when they feel secure in God's acceptance. But Jesus is also saying that there will be times when we need to sift and weigh what we notice. Okay? But again, his plea for innocence here is a signal the disciples are not to be defined by how smart they are or incisives or for their devastating put-downs of the Pharisees or anything like that, okay? They're supposed to be known for their innocence, but they should also have this shrewdness, okay? And I like the middle ground that creates. It's kind of fun to live in that space, if you ask me. Now, um, here's a really important point as we move on about God-inspired noticing. Um, we can and should turn it on ourselves and I think it it can really help our lives to see ourselves more clearly um now when I say that we should you know be more open-minded and clear-sighted about ourselves um don't hear me sort of being the preacher that's saying okay finally guys this is the time when you can get really honest with yourself and just see you see all the fakeness for what it is. OK, that's kind of, that's not what I'm saying. OK, I'm not saying like you guys have been living fake lives and, you know, you know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like, you know, who, but um, <laughs> for like and now is the moment when you're going to wake up and see what a miserable thing you are. OK, I'm not saying that. OK. All right. Now. When we start to turn this clear-sightedness onto ourselves, I, I do think that there will be times when we will see that there are some aspects to who we are that are kind of artificial or not great in some way. But overall, that noticing of ourselves uh, will be defined by its kindness and its gentleness. Okay? There will be a, a self-love in it all. Okay? This, so that's the big caveat I wanted to get, get to before I move forward. And, um, so, um... Let's see how it happens, okay, in the Bible, okay. So I really like this passage because what you see in this passage, um, Jesus is helping a boy who is self-harming, and the father of the boy is in the scene too, and this is what um, happens in this passage, okay. So Jesus says, "Uh, how long has this been happening, talking about this boy just, like, hurting himself? Uh, um, And Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was a little boy. Uh, The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I just love that last line here, help me overcome my unbelief, because just how incredibly self-aware and attractively vulnerable um, the Father is here, okay? He, he, he feels secure around Jesus. He feels like Jesus has something, um, and, he, and, he, and he sees exactly what he needs from Jesus, and he asks for it. And I feel like the same sort of self-awareness um, can grow in us, um, especially when we're interacting with God. And as we notice what Jesus is up to, we notice more about ourselves. And if something about that bugs us, we can take it to Jesus. We can cry it out like the Father. And and you know what he does? He asks for help. There's nothing, you know, he asks for help immediately. He's like, okay, look, I have this issue. I'm a little short in faith. Help me overcome my unbelief. Self-awareness leading to a crying out that leads to healing, right? That's a wonderful um, uh, uh, thing that can happen when we notice more about ourselves. And Jesus had this self-awareness about himself, too. He turned it on himself. Um, Now, we know that Jesus had this very close relationship with his Father in heaven. And so, you know, he felt very free to express himself. Um, And he often expressed himself um, in ways that were kind of raw and and hard to witness. And we see that, um, you know, in the in the in the hours just before he was uh, arrested and he entered the process, it, which ended up with him being executed, and he was with the disciples, and um, you know, who's feeling obviously, um, you know, very upset, very you know, you know, he felt terror. I think you know he knew what was coming, he knew death was coming, and and he described it to the d- disciples. He says this here. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, "Sit here while I go over there to pray." He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me, okay? Jesus was aware of his own pain, and he described it to, the, to James and John as a way of connecting with them and, and gaining their support in this time. And I really believe that when we spend time, um, this is about relationships, okay? Um, when we spend time noticing what we really feel not the first emotion, right? Maybe not the anger, maybe not the the first emotion, but the but what's really going on beneath things, um, and we notice that about ourselves, and we take time to sift it and like be aware of what's going on. We'll be in a very good place to then connect with people, to ask for help, to be engaged, to heal, to ask for forgiveness, and things like that. And um, okay, so that's that's what can happen when we when we uh, spend time. Like noticing what's going on in ourselves and um, working out what we're feeling, um, we'll feel it, we'll find it much easier to sort of understand and, and deal with those negative emotions, especially things like anger and jealousy and, and, and self hatred and stuff like that, okay? So those are the things that can, can, can come from like noticing what's really going on inside us, okay? So are we, are we clear so far? Right? Okay. Is noticing important, you think? Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) I was going to move on anyway, you know, but um, (laughs) because, you know, I'm off here. Um, And so I hope those five passages were helpful. Um, And so let's go to the practical suggestions, okay? So the first one is this. Um, By the way, for people who are new, practical suggestions are something we kind of do every week because, like, we like to take things from, you know, you know, the, you know, more sort of like thematic down to the practical um so first one today is read through the gospel of matthew noticing the things jesus notices okay i did this exercise during the past week uh for this sermon and it was really fun and um you know one way to read the bible which is totally great is to read jesus's teachings and like okay i think i understand that teaching that's great I like the thing that he concluded there. His point was really wonderful. That's fantastic. Great wisdom, Jesus. Yeah, that's really helpful. I can really take that home and do that. Or I can really try that, or I can pray for that, or something like that. That can definitely change your life in many ways, okay? Because it can also bring you closer to Jesus, because you can talk to him about it, and you can have these great conversations. Like, what did you mean then? Wow, that's a bit hard. Could you really do that? Um, And so definitely do that. But sometimes it's fun to read the Gospels and just... Watch Jesus, okay? You know, put yourself sort of in the crowd, you know, just a faceless person, you know, hopefully he doesn't speak to me. Um, and just kind of look and notice what he's doing. And as you do that, what you'll see is that Jesus does a lot of noticing. You know, he when he goes places, he sees people. He's like, Oh, you know, it's a chaos you know, or he'll see Peter you know, by the dock or wherever he you know, was doing his nets, you know, and things like that. And you'll just, as you, as you watch Jesus, you'll see that he watches. And just write down, maybe read through the Gospel of Matthew and write down um, a couple of things that Jesus notices and then just let those soak in and absorb them and pray about them. It's very, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Second practical suggestion is, I, I would say in life, let the details speak to us. OK, um, the good thing about noticing is we get to spend more time gathering information, um, you know, never feel rushed to understand something, especially complicated things. Um, don't feel the need always for big, overarching theories to explain everything. OK, that's like a trap that, you know, uh, a lot of us may, uh, fall into. And just, you know, let the details talk. Let let people share their stories. Let let people just tell you what they're feeling and let just listen okay notice what's really going on and i think that like you know one of the you know one of the things that one of the big you know missteps of the church was that you know it was with regard to you know the lgbt community um there was this you know long time and still existing um feeling that you know LGBT people should not be able to experience faith in exactly the same way as everybody else. You know, they, they kind of couldn't participate in the same way because, you know, they were gay. And which was, you know, kind of, and still is, for, for a lot of people, what people, you know, what they believe. A lot of Christians believe that. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, has happened, it's been wonderful in the last sort of like 10 years, is that, You know, people have opened their ears and eyes to what, you know, the LGBT community, uh, you know, wants and does with faith. I mean, they are absolutely like, you know, just as into Jesus as any of us, right? They are just as like into faith as, 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 as anyone else could be. And as people had let that come in, they would have realized it was pointless to discriminate or keep certain things away from from gay people it was like why would you do that these people just want to know jesus like what what could you possibly you know want to put in the way of that and i think that that's sort of like you know people who've taken down that barrier that has come from um you know partly come from just listening and keeping their eyes open to what gay people were telling them which is like we love jesus we love jesus as much as you so why would you stop us, you know, being leaders or getting married and things like that? And as you sort of take that in, as you let the details speak, you're like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is this rule here? It's not. It's not something that, like, you know, could, could have existed, you know, other than you just thought it should exist if you actually started listening to people. These are real people who really love Jesus. So... And I think that what happens, you know, so much of discrimination happens because we just don't, we just refuse to notice what people are saying to us and what they're doing. And, you know, and this is because it's, it's so much easier to just put people in a box, okay? It's so much easier never to listen to people. Once we've decided that we're, like, done with that group of people, we're like, okay, no, this is who they are. And, uh, but we, sh- we can't do that okay it's it's harder I think to be more open-minded and carefully sift what people are saying and be truly open-minded about what they're saying and once we do that though in, although it's harder at the beginning okay when we give people the chance to speak we will be glad that we did okay they will teach us something we will be blessed by those stories okay so let the details speak okay and this is like a powerful time in our history right now, I have to say, because the details are speaking. Um, and it is ending the rule of people who mistreat you know, other people. And we saw that with the Me Too um, revelations. You know, reporters at the place I work spent months listening to mistreated women. And they took their stories really seriously and stood by them as they got threatened and things like that. And, you know, last week, some of the reporters won a Pulitzer Prize for their work on the, you know, on the, um, on the Me Too stories. And the Pulitzer judges said the prize was won for explosive, impactful journalism that exposed powerful and wealthy sexual predators, including allegations against one of Hollywood's most influential producers, bringing them to account for long suppressed allegations of coercion, brutality and victim silencing, thus spurring a worldwide reckoning about sexual abuse of women. Okay, that worldwide reckoning of sexual against sexual abuse of women occurred because someone, again, a bunch of people, a bunch of reporters listened to the details. Okay, so the good stuff can happen when we listen to the details. So here's my third practical suggestion. Have mini Sabbaths each day. Okay, so, okay, definitely have a proper Sabbath, you know, take one day off and do as little as possible. I know it's hard to do absolutely nothing. Um, So do that. But, you know, maybe once or twice a day, I, I would recommend, and I try and do this myself um, because otherwise i go crazy, um, you know, have some do-nothing times, okay, where, okay, definitely don't have your phone, okay, just put your phone under a pillow or in another room or something, okay, and then just sit there or take a walk or something, um, you know, do something where you know that you're... You won't be interrupted. And relax. Okay? Usually it involves no, like, media. So don't be looking at the TV or anything like that. And then just wait till you feel your guard is down. And then just, like, for the next 15 minutes, just let God speak. Speak to God. You know, notice something around you. Bring to God something that you noticed earlier. um, And just sit there until you know, you feel it's time to stop. And this is this is a great way. Don't feel like you're under pressure to re- receive some amazing revelation or pray or anything like that. But this is a time just to like open up enough space, kind of like a, a milestone in your day where you can reset and notice and, you know, just relax and be open to what God has for you. And then pray, if you want. <laughs> okay? All right, so... Noticing. You see where I've been coming from today with noticing? Yeah? Okay. So let me just say it again. As we expand our noticing, as we allow our God-given senses the room to operate as they were designed to operate, we're going to feel more relaxed. We're going to be less stressed by life. We're going to have more of the abundant life. Our relationships will feel more engaged. And I really believe this will happen. Okay. So I'm going to pray for that now. All right. So, Jesus, I just pray that. Your Holy Spirit would be here in such a way that you would enable us to have that space in our lives where we could let our senses just roam free and absorb the wonderful things that you've put into our world and into our lives. And those things would be reassuring, inspiring, and they would be helpful. And each one of us today, Lord, would have more of the abundant life that you've promised. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Thank you.